Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Welcome back, film fans, to another episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, as always, Drew Douglas. How's it going, Drew? Man, I gotta be honest with you, it's not going well. I feel bad for you because you twisted your ankle this weekend. I rolled my ankle on a hike. I gotta be honest with you, this is some of the most severe pain I've ever been in in my life. So out of any injury you've received from working out, from any kind of running or biking, you would say this is the worst? Number one for me, and this is gonna sound stupid, I was reaching for a can of soup one time It was in the cabinet above my head. A can fell out, slammed down onto my bare foot, and I broke a toe. That is the most pain I've ever ever been in in my life. This might be number two. (laughs) I mean, it's honestly to the point where I've told you there's no bruising or swelling, so I think I'm okay. But I have to wonder, did I fracture my foot? Because it hurts that bad. (laughs) Considering, I know when you text me about this, I thought that, you know, it stinks whenever you end up just having like a sprained ankle or, or, or anything. Um, but whenever you end up feeling that much pain and on your foot where it's not like it's a part that you can easily just like kind of avoid, but especially with getting in a good pump, that's going to like really affect mm. you with that. I finished out the rest of the track. It was probably a mile and a half to two miles left at the time that it happened but holy smokes that night after i got off and i laid down for a little bit and stood back up it hurt and then just all day today at work i've been basically wheeling around in my work chair because it hurt to stand up and walk that is awful well hopefully it gets better tonight and especially after we end up talking about all the stuff that we end up going over because that's definitely a hates on our loves hate scale of the pain that you're in. So we don't hate, we don't hates a lot of stuff. Yeah. I was going to say we're, we're pretty generous, but that's one thing that we just got to give the boot. Um, I don't like pain, baby. I do not like pain. <laughs> it's not fun. That's for sure. Um, well, let's go ahead and dive right into what we're going to be covering because we've got quite a bit on our docket today. We are going to do the last thing in which we talk about the very last thing that we watched and we want to share that with you. I've got a fun one. We were texting about it yesterday and I, you know, I, it, it was a, it was a very pleasant surprise. I'll leave it at that. And then it sounds like you will also be surprising me in that section. And then right after that, we will do a loves hates for in the news and I'm sorry, I got that mixed up. That's where the secret, uh, your your surprise comes in for the in the news for loves hates. Yeah, I got a I got a little surprise for you. 
And then on uh, Loves Hates will continue, but this time we're doing it for a movie, a big one actually, the one that is being called the, I don't know, savior, the king of pandemic box office, Godzilla versus Kong. That's going to be a fun one to talk about. And then we are going to bring back the Rotten Tomatoes game in this episode for a big movie that both of us are anticipating. So let's go ahead and dive right into it with the last thing. And I have to say, the last thing I watched was The Empty Man, a kind of a casualty of the COVID pandemic box office, because this movie flew so under the radar, very few people have heard about it, and there's not even a release for this on physical media, which is insane. This this was, you said... COVID casualty, but it was also a 20th century Fox slash Disney casualty. Yeah. This was made. They, I mean, they filmed this in like 2017. And that's, that's kind of the sad part that this movie was really kind of kicked to the curb. I did some digging and some research. This movie, the empty man is, as you said, somewhat of a horror movie that is just doesn't happen anymore. It was such an experiment based on a graphic novel. You and I did not know that, but it was so fascinating. I had no idea that there was source material that this was borrowing from. And beyond that, the director basically received a check from 20th Century at the time saying, go make this movie. Uh, This is your movie. Do it with it as you will. And whenever they were acquired by Disney, Disney stepped in and they ended up saying, hey, we are not a fan of this long, almost, it's almost a two and a half hour horror film. And they mm-hmm. said, trim it down to 90 minutes. And then whenever they did a test screen for that, it tested even uh, more poor than the first one. And they said, all right, screw it. Just release it as is. <laughs> yeah. David Pryor, who did it, he said, you know, it had negative test um, screenings. They redid a version of it. And he said it was like historically bad. That the, whatever that new version was, he, he he brought up something interesting. He said in those initial test screenings when they had made the film, he was super nervous about it. But he said the audience was really into it, and they reacted and they responded the exact same way that they they had hoped. But then when the actual test screening results came in, they were really bad, and they couldn't figure out why. It's. So the structure of this movie, I could understand why it would end up getting such a knee-jerk reaction because on the first, like watching it the first time, it was so fascinating how the movie flowed because in the very beginning, it seemed a little disconnected. And I, at first I'm like, huh, I, I really liked the beginning, but I'm like, interesting. And then it begins and I was into it started to lose me a little bit, but then it came back and it especially reminded me of some horror films, almost some ex- exploitive uh, horror films from the 70s around that era when Wes Craven was beginning and up to like the mid 80s. So that 10 year time period where they really took some risks in horror films. This reminded me of some of those movies. And there's a, I won't really give anything away about the movie because it's definitely one of those that I would highly recommend for those to watch. And especially our listeners who know our taste in horror films and our love for the genre. But there's a scene that it gave me chills, hmm. that it, it just terrified me. 
And it is like about the two third mark, uh, maybe in the third act, beginning of the third act, terrified me. It It's one of those scenes that I will always think about, especially connected to this movie. And it will always make me just feel scared, even in like the broad daylight, terrifying to think about. <laughs> this is that movie that comes along and the marketing is terrible. Mm-hmm. I think the title is reminiscent of bad movies like The Bye Bye Man. So you yeah. automatically are thinking this is going to be atrocious. It's coming out in a terrible time. The reviews are pretty bad on Rotten Tomatoes. So if you look, there's only like 15 and you expect it to be the worst thing imaginable. And it is one of the biggest surprises I've seen in a long time. I absolutely love that movie. It's good. It's 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 one of those that there's a lot to love about it, I think. And it gives, well, I was going to say it gives hope to more films like this down the road. But at the same time, it also makes me worry. This was just a coincidence. It, that's yeah, a, it might be. That's, that's a scary thing because especially with being connected to now Disney, um, I could just see where they're just not wanting to release it. Uh, because of their fear of this just doesn't fit with what their overall plan is. But um, at the time of this film being picked up with 20th Century, I just, I I love the story. And it's such an underdog filmmaker story. And when you see it playing out, it feels like it. And it feels like such a breath of fresh air compared to other movies, especially horror films. In the exception of like, say, Jordan Peele, that seems so different. It just, it, it kind of takes me back to older horror films, but allows it to grow in its own way. So I really dug it. Well, we both dug that film, which is interesting because my last thing is also a horror film. And it's a film that I did not like at all. Gretel and Hansel. Did you see this film? Yeah. So you hated it. I didn't hate's extreme. I thought it was really well shot, but it bored the crap out of me, dude. We watched this Saturday. We watched the preview and I was like, this looks awesome. And at an 88 minutes with credits, so probably 85, if not that, I, I, I couldn't wait for this thing to be freaking over. Oh, <laughs> so let me ask you, did you watch this with Lexi, your wife? Yeah, we watched it Saturday night. We waited till it got dark and we started it. Do you think with, because this was with Lexi, Lexi's not a huge horror fan, right? No. And we ended up choosing this. I, I kind of wanted to choose something scary and I wanted to watch the ring and she mm. absolutely refused to do that. So I said, <laughs> well, let's watch this instead, which surprised me. So we did. And I think she liked it a little more than I did. Oh, Interesting. So this was one of those movies I I liked. I want to say I, I like loved it by any means, uh, but I I could definitely see why it would come off as that. Just like kind of it, it was such a slow movie, but man, it was shot so well. It was so mm-hmm. not only that, but just I love the colors in it. It was such a like a Suspiria style and. And, and just the style itself. So it was directed by Oz Perkins, who did some Twilight Zone and then also directed The Black Coat's Daughter. Did you mm-hmm. see Black Coat's Daughter? I did. And the on the first take, it's interesting because you said you liked it, right? 
I liked it. And I think it has a moment in that film that still, when I think about, like you said, with um, The Empty Man, it, it gives me chills. It startles me when I think about one in, in just like this one image in the film. That's uh, that's a movie I need to rewatch because I wasn't a huge fan of it. I, I like it was it was okay, but this movie is uh, your last thing is one of those that definitely follows suit. But I actually liked it better than Black Coat's daughter. He shoots a good movie. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, just uh, not a good Twilight Zone. <laughs> Which one did he do? I don't. Even, I don't remember. It, it was the final one, and it was actually like a good Twilight Zone, but it was also a just it. It was felt so disconnected because of how weird it was. But it was like the All Things Considered or something like that before season two. Which, by the way, let's pour one out for the Twilight Zone. Jordan Peele. Uh, uh, CBS All Access Twilight Zone version because it's not coming back now. But let me see here. I'm pulling it up. Oh, he he did. Yeah, you're right. You might also like that's which it. was mm-hmm. the season finale of season two. Yeah, I you know when you have a connection to the original episodes, the original series that that's that's a little better. That, that plays a little mm-hmm. better. I had no connection really, and I I did not like that one. I mean, that, that's interesting that you ended up watching that movie, Gr- Gretel and Hansel, right? That is the correct name for the movie, right? Yeah, they flip-flop it. But you okay. know what? It's all going to be okay because tonight I'm taking a little trip to The Empty Man. Uh, based in Missouri, which is awesome. Good or bad title? I think bad just because, yeah. like you said, it really – Seems as if it when I, because I remember like the poster came out, maybe even trailer, and I'm like, "Bye, bye, man!" Sequel, and I sent. I remember <laughs> sending it to you, and then I don't. I like didn't watch it, and then I ended up returning to it, and it still like you said was such a blunder marketing wise that I'm like, yeah. But then I just feel like they should have called it something else, and it would have been. Empty Man just seems like a cheap name. It sounds very cheap. The director said that he had this whole marketing thing planned out. And for whatever reason, he was not consulted with the trailers or any of the stuff to build buzz for this film because they just, they didn't care at that point. Man. So some of the the ideas that they had too is like viral marketing where um, on walls, you know, eight, nine months out, of the film's release, it would have been like, you know, bye bye man made me do it or not. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> Empty man made me do it. Something like that. And it was to build up the buzz for the film and just none of that happened. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, had this been played where Fox slash Disney believed in the film, it, it might've changed how we approached it. But when we got the marketing that we got, Oh boy, man, that's why I have recommended this film to people and they're like, that looked awful. And I'm like, I swear to you, this is not at all what you were going to expect. Yeah. It might not be the home run that I'm saying it is, but it is not your typical teen horror film. Yeah. And yeah, that's definitely the way that it seems to come across that it is like this cheaply made uh, rip off of like, say your slender man and, and bye bye man. And all those just like garbage horror films. But this was, this was a very inspiring horror film, I think. 
So let's go ahead and move on to the next subject. In the news, loves, hates. I've got mine pulled up. And this was from actually earlier today, a new deadline article released. And it was kind of inspired by a NPR story that I heard over the weekend in which it's talking about not only surfaces where the virus is, that COVID-19, there are more and more studies that show that you can't get the virus through surfaces. Uh, There's more of that research coming out now, but also that more people are wanting to return to the movies at this point. And this deadline article suggests not so soon the theater, the actual title of this article is Movie Theater Analysts See Strong Box Office Rebound in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uptick in 2023 as consumer poll shows COVID-19 concerns dissipating. So kind of, honestly, I, I would say that's kind of on track with what I was expecting. Um, I loves the rebound, but hates how slow it is. But it's not a surprise, I'll say that much. I think we're still, you know, Disney with Black Widow, it's going to be theatrical and Disney Plus. What do they call it? Premium or something? Uh, pre- yeah, premium. Uh, is it pre- Premiere? Premiere, yeah. Premiere yeah. Access or something. Yeah. I think they're going to do that with their big, at least the following MCU film after Black Widow, which I believe is Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be a thing for a little while longer until, yeah, 2022, because... I think that that's the article that mentions Mission Impossible moving to 2022 and it wasn't a, you know, fear factor mm-hmm. thing. It was just more confidence that if you wait a little bit, everything is going to be just fine. And I just don't see how, unless studios kind of get their heads out of, out of their butts, they're just going to have to start releasing movies because it, there's no sense in, in waiting. I mean, especially you know, you've got Top Gun that's been delayed an entire year mm-hmm. again. And it's just, it's unfortunate and it really stinks. But I think that it's, an, obviously some movies end up having contracts for how they need to be played. But I mean, there are going to be movies that will end up not making as much. But then again, you look at Godzilla and Kong and how much money that made over the opening weekend. And that was released on HBO at the same time. I mean, I think that's kind of a, a sign that things are hopeful, but also it, I think, helps the consumer out us. So I think we're the true winners in this. How can you really gauge what the business model looks like if you don't release new content? Mm-hmm. Because if we had been releasing bigger films, maybe this would have sped up a little bit. I'd see the 12 day total Godzilla v Kong, it's made 70 million here in the US. Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters in that same period of time, 82. So pandemic versus non-pandemic, it's $12 million off here in the U.S. And that's, I mean... Which is insanity. Yeah. I think, and it's funny seeing like how this is the titan of not only COVID, but also like the one movie that is saving cinema. I think that like, to me, I'm getting kind of annoyed at articles like that because it's like, you're not saving anything right now i mean it's helping big time but i mean like when tenant we heard that about tenant i wonder though what nolan's response is to this (laughs) 
why say this back when that was released? Tenet's not the film to quote unquote save the box office. Yeah. After I saw it, I was like, how in the world would that have been the movie? So Godzilla versus Kong, 350 million globally, which is which is really impressive. I just think at this point, it that shows it's not maybe saving the box office, but it shows that people are willing to go mm-hmm. see big movies that they want to see, even if they can at home, because people just want to get out. I don't have a news article. I was going to spring a surprise game on you, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. I think so I'm, I'm gonna, ready. I think you're ready, too. I'm going to cue the game music. I don't have a title for this, but I just realized today at work, I'm just sitting there and I go, the Oscars are this month, April 25th, 2021. I don't even know what the best picture nominees are. Like I couldn't even name them. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to trust, again, we're doing this over over the interweb. So I'm going to trust that you're not going to cheat. Okay. You got your hands in the air. Okay. Keyboard. I'm going to give you $5 for every Best Picture nominee for 2021 that you can name. Oh. It's so, called the Best Picture Game. That's what I'm going to call it. All right. So the are they going with nine movies this year? Is uh, that it? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. That's going to make it a little more difficult. You name it. You lock it in. And then we'll go over, go over what you got right. And I'll give you $5 <laughs> for everyone that you get correct. $40 total if you get them all. Just gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking keeping track of that, baby. Oh, shoot. Why? why you, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so there's eight. I ruined that. Good. All right. Well, there, there's <laughs> because of that little hint, because um, I was going to go full nine. Oh, man. Uh, I can't but, believe I did that. Ooh. All right. So. There's some that I know that are going to make it uh, right away. And so uh, I, I, I assume you've looked at the list, right? The official list? Yeah, I have whenever they like first announced it. And here's like the thing it's like, I don't, I know this sounds bad, but it's like, does this year even, or last year even really count? And it will, it's obviously going to count, but it's just like, I don't know. There's, this Oscar, I'm just gonna one off, like hot take. This Oscars is gonna suck because it's like there are no movies that's gonna be drawing in a large crowd like Joker did two years ago, or I guess the previous year. Yeah, but, the, the the award show, no one's gonna watch. No, it's one, gonna be yeah. like a historic low because yeah, no one cares. All right, so re- you okay. ready to go? Ready. All right, I'm going to try to do rapid fire here. Well, tell okay. me when you want to lock it in. All right. All right. Um, I will lock in some of these off the top from the very get-go. I'm going to begin with the very first one that comes to mind because the prediction is that it will win Best Picture in addition to it being nominated. And that is the Francis McDermott Poops in a Bucket movie, Nomadland. All right, I'm writing it down. Locking in that. Locking in Judas and the Black Messiah, which I think should win. Okay. 
third Minar, uh, Minari? Yeah, Minari. Yeah. Minari, okay. Uh, four, oh, great. Why is this now? It's getting difficult. Um, all right. Other, I feel Remember, like. You, keep the, you better keep those hands in the air. I don't want you I, cheating. There, Yeah, I'm actually hitting my hand against the my table right now counting on my fingers how many i've i've said put, let's go you put your hands in your pants okay? this is the one time i'm gonna allow that <laughs> so number four let's go news of the world the tom hanks movie i'm not sure if that is or not but i'll just say we'll, we'll say that is five um sound of metal six the father Seven, um, just two more left. Dang it. Jeez. I feel like it's like more well-known movie, at least one of these. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to blank on these last two. Um, I'm going to be kicking myself, too. Oh, Promising Young Woman. That's okay. one. And then... Uh, I feel like there's another. I'm giving you 20 seconds. Dang it. Um, I don't know why Greta's coming to mind. What is <laughs> Greta, Greta came out like four years ago. Yeah, not the movie, but like the uh, the name attached to it. Uh, I'm going to forfeit. I don't know. I don't know the eighth and final one, but the okay. other seven are locked in. All right. Your number one guest, Nomad Land, is Correctamundo. Woo! Let me go ahead and put a star right here. That's five bucks. Five bucks. You said Judas and the Black Messiah. That is correct, mm -hmm. Amundo. Ooh. You said Minari. That is mm -hmm. correct, Amundo. You said News of the World, starring everyone's favorite Tom Hanks. That is incorrect. Ah. You said Sound of Metal. Mm -hmm. That's correct. You said the father, and that is correct. And you said promising young woman, and that is correct. So you only missed one. Just missed one, but also um, forfeited one. You did forfeit one. So the ones you missed two of these: the trial of the Chicago Seven, oh. and Mank. Oh, David Fincher's Mank. Dang! So both of the Netflix movies. Wait, those are the only two Netflix movies, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so you get 30 bucks. Congratulations. Ooh. Now, of these eight films, how many have you seen? All right. Minari and Nomadland I saw back-to-back. -back. Mm -hmm. um, Judas, which I think should win. You, you didn't get to see Judas, right? Uh, I, it's not that I didn't get to. I just didn't have a desire to, and it, it left HBO. Oh, it's so good. I can't so wait for it to come to back. Yeah, I'm gonna have to wait till it comes back. Um, or rent it. I could rent it now. Uh, let's see here. Sound of Metal and News of the World. I got to see, and then uh, Promising Young Woman. All so right, those so you've seen a lot. I, yeah, man, I I'm stinking it up. I've only seen Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and um, that's actually it. I've only seen two of eight. Wow. So. The bizarre thing is normally I would end up saying a horror film, which Promising Young Woman is a thriller. I wouldn't say a horror. I don't know. Like it, it's it, it's such an it's interesting kind of like a dark movie. comedy almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
It's one of those that is, I would normally lean for that to win best, best pick, but oh man, it's Judas is so good. However, I will say that Nomadland, it is such an interesting movie, just the way that it's shot and also how it's structured. So it's, it takes a very unique approach, but it's one of those, like we had talked about before, that's not going to get people to tune into the Oscars. All these no, movies like none this. Of these movies are sadly, even yeah. sound of metal, which I think is quite amazing. Like that's people aren't going to tune in for that. Yeah. yeah. You need to have some sort of crowd pleaser or, or it's something that people are talking about. And th- there's yeah. just not that. Yeah, you you need your Joker. You need your uh, uh, was the Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper. Why am I yeah. drawing a blank now? Stars born. Stars born. And you need it. You, you need that. that. Yeah, that romance too. The behind the scenes romance, possible romance. But yeah, this is um, it's it's a bad. I think some of these movies are are good. Some really good. But man, it's just it's not gonna be good for the ratings of the Oscars, but it's their own that's own their own fault. Yeah, I don't care. Who cares? I don't ever watch that yeah, game. Yeah, I, I don't care either. Uh sadly enough. I like that game. That was good. 30 bucks for some Domino's pizza. You did better than I thought because I I couldn't I would have only named like two. <laughs> would you have thought Sound of Metal would have been nominated or no? No, honestly, probably not. No Madland, obviously, Minari. Um, yeah, and I guess the trial of the Chicago Seven, though I forgot all about that movie. Yeah, that that would make sense. The good thing is, between now and then, if I were interested, I have access to basically every one of these films, which is nice. That's mm-hmm. that's a plus. Yeah, I it, it's especially the way that things have been released this year. And I also find it funny, the two Netflix movies are the ones that I forgot. But I would assume that I would have remembered those over any of the others. But uh, the release structure has definitely helped, I think. However, even though making it more convenient for us, it's made the conversation, I think, less of a water cooler effect, more or less. But it's, it's interesting to look at that. But... I love I loves that game. That gets a hard loves from me. Next, moving on to Loves Hates. It's going to be a quick wrap-up of the Titan of the box office, Godzilla versus Kong. Real quick, off the top, are you going to say you loves or hates this movie? You know what? I was going to say loves. I enjoyed it while I sat there and watched it at home. Um, but this came out, like, what, two weeks ago? And mm-hmm. i got to be honest with you. I've thought basically... Nothing. Just, I haven't thought about this movie since oh. that point. So, are you changing it to hates? I mean, does that is that constitute a hates? I don't think so. If, if it's left basically no impact on my life, I would say a hates as if you like you uh, you flat out hated it. Yeah, I'm kind of in that in between where I, I like the movie for what it is. It's not my favorite MonsterVerse film. Um, it, I, one thing I liked, though, the movie looked amazing. Like, it was the so CG good. looked pretty dope. Yeah, there, so much of it just, it was so good. It's one of those that I'm, I'm actually kind of glad it's making this much money. And it makes sense. Like, I mean, I hope they do more. 
at this point. Yeah. Well, except for poor, poor little Kong, I'm not going to give anything away, but made me sad. <laughs> Did you like uh, Skarsgård? He was different than I expected. He was kind of this like dorky dude. Yeah, here's the thing. I That caught me off guard in a way, but it also caught me off guard almost as much as that is Brian Tyree Henry as the conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. He was getting out. I, I was like on board for almost all of these characters. And that's the funny thing. I Now, I, I will say, was it Julian Dennison who plays Josh? I didn't even know his name in the movie, but he basically follows around Millie Bobby Brown as uh, she's Batman and he is her Robin. I mm-hmm. like he was kind of useless in the movie. I felt. Um, I mean, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I couldn't name any of these characters. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, I couldn't name any of them either. But I do have to say, he, in my opinion, was the weakest character. Other than that, I had fun with the movie and. I kept hearing leading up to it, like you said, the characters, the humans are the least interesting. I mean, yeah, I would say that's accurate, but I still had fun with the humans. It's not like they were completely thrown away, I feel. I mean, you were watching a movie called Godzilla versus Kong. So yeah. obviously that's going to be the case. And you have to have something to latch on to. Yeah. I like, guess as much as I think Kong is cool, I, I can't relate to the dude. Well, I know that it's obviously one of those things that it's funny to see how this movie tried to be on Kong's side from the get-go. And it's like trying to play up the emotions to make us root for Kong. That's how it felt to me. But And he man, got an axe, dude. I love that he, he had his own axe. Oh, that was, yeah. I love that Jesse, one of our uh, listeners and also friends, she ended up... <laughs> Saying that, oh, it's them burying the hatchet. <laughs> Literally burying the hatchet. Uh, I thought the Hong Kong fight was cool. I had a lot of fun with this movie. I'll say it was like an hour and 45 minutes that went by super fast. Uh, how would you, what's your favorite MonsterVerse film and where does this fall? You know, I got to say this may be it. Ooh. Yeah, because. Man, nothing beats that Godzilla. See, I, it's. It's good, but I I love some Kong Skull Island. Like that was, I I really dug that. And then um, I'd say at the bottom of that list is King of the Monsters. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think this might be number two for me. This might be just a notch above Skull Island, though I like a lot of the characters in Skull Island, like Tom Hiddleston. mm -hmm. And that one just, that movie just looks really good too. Yeah, I mean the difference. I, I say I will say too that the color scheme, especially like the destruction that happens in Hong Kong, is just amazing. I just I love whenever we get to see a city completely wrecked. It's like it's kind of weird feeling that joy. <laughs> it is but, weird, but it's like man, it's so cool just seeing them throw. Especially whenever we end up getting the bit, once again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but we end up getting one fight and you see one of the characters literally take the head and slam it through multiple skyscrapers. And it's obviously killing thousands of people. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah, let's get more of that. But I have to say the villain in this movie is kind of the COVID king, the king of COVID movies or movies released during COVID and it's um, uh, 
I, I don't even know if I want to try pronouncing his name, but he played uh, Bob in The Hateful Eight, and he plays the villain in this movie. And then going through the list of movies, too, he was in Chaos Walking, Land, The Midnight Sky, and The Grudge, which was released right before COVID-19 happened. That's nuts it's, how many movies he's Yeah, made. I know who you're talking about. I, I couldn't... I had to literally sit and think about who was the bad guy in this movie. It's... Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know his name. I just know obvious bad guy. That's that's it. Like it's 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 from as soon as you see him on screen, it's like all right, we're gonna be stuck with him, and like Kong and Godzilla are going up against him at the end. So, but I'm gonna have to say overall, Godzilla v Kong loves hard loves for me. I would be 100 percent down for more of these movies. Now you did say a couple pots ago that you were gonna watch this two or three times on HBO Max. Are you gonna do that or no? I've already watched it one and a half times. And goodness. Yeah. I want to watch that Hong Kong fight again. I will do that. Yeah. That that would that's good. Uh the, what's funny, like the the carrier, aircraft carrier scene on the ocean, that mm-hmm. big fight, it was okay. Like I liked it. It was fun, but it wasn't as fun as what I was expecting it to be leading into this movie. Cause I kept hearing how great it was. I'm like, yeah, it's fine, but that Hong Kong scene. I'm in for that. All right. Let's now jump to the final topic, which is the Rotten Tomatoes game. And before we get into the movie that we're going to be predicting, let's talk about the Rotten Tomatoes game of our predictions for Godzilla v. Kong. Drew, what are those numbers that we had? You guessed weeks and weeks ago, 65%. I said 54%. Rotten Tomatoes as of today, 75%. Ooh. seems like a practical joke almost. <laughs> Man, I love it. It ended up uh, almost getting on par with Zack Snyder's Justice League. No, it's actually above it. Justice League is 71. Oh my gosh. Well, I love that uh, we did get a viewer comment saying, why did, uh, what is it? Why do we hate Kong or something like that? And it's like, we don't hate Kong. We're just predicting that uh, critics are going to hate it. So, and for some reason, they loved it. And I don't fully understand it. Yeah, that that is three hundred and thirty-five reviews too. Now, for the movie that we're going to be predicting, it's the new Michael B. Jordan movie. This is at the top of our list for new films coming out this month, and it's without remorse. Um, I'm going to say seventy-seven percent. Oh, what, what are you owing about? Because I was going to say 81%, but I'll bump, I'll just bump it up and I'll just go with the flat 90. What? Yeah. I think this movie is going to end up getting high scores. Yeah, it's going right, to, I just, I just locked it in. Now, did you see Sicario 2? The director yes. did that, did that film, did this film. Yeah. I own it. I've never watched it. I need to watch it. I'm getting so, stoked to watch it though. I want. I'm searching right now what Sicario Two got on Rotten Tomatoes because that could be well revealing. 63 percent. You know that movie was. I liked it, but it was not as good as the first Sicario. It was like I think Sicario is good, and then I'm not super huge on like the last twenty to thirty minutes. 
that's when it kind of starts losing me. Yeah. Well, how about the other, what was the final Jack Ryan movie? What was that? Was that the Ben Affleck Jack Ryan? Some of no, all fears? Jack Ryan is the last one. Shadow Recruit with uh, Chris Pine. That oh. was the last time they did a Jack Ryan film. And then what was... And that's 54%. Goodness. That movie is not good, though. Yeah, this this doesn't look anything like that. So, like... I like Chris Pine and everything. I think if that movie came out today, it would be at like 40% or 35. <laughs> Man. And then the one before that was Some of All Fears, I assume. Yeah, that's the Ben Affleck one. And I assume this is going to be more on par with that. And that, oh, that got 60%. But, do none of these, none of those uh, films look like Without Remorse. Like Remor- Without True. Remorse definitely looks... It's definitely a man on fire style. Yeah, it's like revenge thriller. Like and then full blown I, action. That movie got like, yeah, man on fire, 38%. It got man, I need to watch that. I still have never seen that. Oh my gosh. That's, that's hands down one of my favorite Denzel movies of all time. Mainly because that was at the height of his collaboration with Tony Scott. Easily one of the best duos in Hollywood ever. It's just anytime they collect, even like a mediocre movie, they made it look so much better. You're a fan of Deja Vu. That's one of their collaborated movies. Yeah. I somehow got talked into watching that and it was uh, actually pretty good. So good. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I will say Man on Fire may be a little bit too long. It sits just under two and a half hours, but I, I dig it 100% through and through. So good. Um... But yeah, that's going to wrap up our edition of the Rotten Tomatoes game. Uh, And I feel like I'm forgetting something. I don't think so. No? Okay. Well, that's going to do it this time. We just just, like pieced together this random episode. We got nothing (laughs) else to talk about. Well, that's going to do it for us this time, film fans. I hope that you join us on the next podcast whenever we talk more loves, hates. And of course, keep watching.